I've always felt different. I've always seen things, but when I tried to express them as a child, I was always told to ignore it. There were people that I didn't know that came to me and said, I have this message that I keep getting that I have to deliver to you. All of a sudden, out of the shadows, a homeless man just jumped right in front of me, and he said, I'm a soul just like you. I love it. I wanted to understand the universe and who and what we are and what are we doing here. We're all part of this amazing soul wave tapping into each other. This was a major life changer. You are a light. You have helped me a ton. Thank you. You've given me the courage to live more from my soul. Millions of people are awakening. So wake up with Michelle Miche. Be pleased to hear the best-selling authors and experts in the fields of cutting-edge self-help, personal growth, metaphysics, and spirituality. The soul path of awakening. Understand what living awake is. Hello, soul lights. Do not not read the signs. Do not not read the signs. <laughs> Hello, everyone. If you're new to this podcast, welcome. I'm Michelle. This is Awakenings with Michelle Mache. Awakenings with the Awakenings crew, the Awakenings soul lights, soul crew. It's really great to be here with all of you. Welcome in the chat also. Uh, let me know how the sound is in the chat. Um, if you want to listen in the chat, uh, that's great. If you have questions or comments uh, or you want a reading and you're in the chat, then um, you need to get a profile with Blog Talk Radio a name, and I don't know what it is. <clears throat> but anyway, you get a little icon if you want one. Um, you can also listen by phone or just by your computer. If you're listening by phone or want to listen by phone, rather, that number is 347-539-5122 and press 1 on your keypad if you have a question or a comment or you want a reading. Make sure you press 1. Um, okay, I'm getting my decaf latte here in a minute. Uh, by the way, stay tuned. We have Robert Wilkinson on. Be prepared for a deep dive. He hasn't been on in a while. going to be looking at how we're moving forward in 2024. Um, I do have, let's see, hello in the chat. Hello, chat chatties. Um, you guys, so much energy shifting. Let me give you ways to get in touch with me. Stay in touch with me. Obviously, Awakenings with Michelle Mache every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific time. Instagram is a great way to stay in touch. Get your weekly soul insights. Um, oh, 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 that was my reminder that <laughs> I have to remind myself because I get caught in little cycles and circles and meditations and et cetera, et cetera. Also, please, 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 please take the time out to subscribe to Awakenings with Michelle Mache on YouTube and also Soul Insights and Tarot on YouTube. It really helps. Um, it's, it really helps and is very supportive. Um, more people can find us, connect, um, get to know us, get good information, insights, etc., etc. Um, so that would make me so happy. Um, if you want to do a deeper dive into metaphysics and spirituality, then Patreon is the way to go. Um, you can always work privately with me also. That's a deeper personal dive for you and support. There's a lot of different things that we can do in an individual or personal session. And if you want information on that, you can either email info at soulplayground.life or michelle at soulplayground.life. I think all those things are in the description box. 
um, but I like to say it at the top of the program. Also, a couple of things uh, for YouTube. So if you want to reach me now, <laughs> okay, believe it or not, people do send in little monetary gifts and donations because I really were keeping, you know, advertisers off of this. That's a different email address. That's in YouTube. It's I think Michelle Mache 21 at gmail.com. But if you have a question or you haven't, you know, for Awakenings, awakeningspodcast at gmail.com is the best way to go. Some people emailed my Gmail account and I'm not getting their email till three months later. And I did send in the um, the answer to the question that they had, even though it was three months later. Sorry about that. I really rarely, rarely check that um, email. So a couple things I want to go through before we touch base on um, what we're going to get into today and before Robert comes on. Uh, someone, again, it was an email. Oh, first of all, Ms. Ms. Jules or Mrs. Jules, you left a comment on Soul Insights and Tarot on YouTube, and I was about to, I pulled it up, and I was about to answer, and then I, when it went back, it was deleted. So I know I, my sense is you also listen to this podcast, and if so, just know that I was going to answer uh, and, and acknowledge your comment. I don't know if YouTube did something and banished it. Um, it was quite lovely. It was about the North Star. I was talking about the North Star in the reading, and you had woken up that morning talking about the North Star, thinking about the North Star. You were focused on the North Star or your North Star. So I just want you to know, because you guys, I love comments. I mean, I'm still at that level where I can you know, at least read them or acknowledge. Um, sometimes it gets a little challenging with cross-platforms. That's why I say better way to reach me Unless you're emailing awakeningspodcast at gmail.com. If you're not doing personal work with me, private work, or in Patreon, the best way is to leave it in comments, like on Instagram, my Reels posts, or Soul Insights and Tarot, or obviously if you're listening to Awakenings with Michelle Mache on uh, YouTube, because we have some people listening. It's a slow migration. We're we're doing it in a slow pace. it is what it is with that. But best way is through the comments because I, I get so many emails from the people that I work with and then other projects I have um, in a different capacity that it's just it's just easier to answer in the comments when I'm scrolling and, and just acknowledging people. And then if there's a question there or something you want me to cover, it's easy for me to see it or easier rather. Uh, so one other question somebody had, and I said I would cover it on Awakenings. Um, I did email you. The answer to this was about manifesting from fear. And this is really, really, really important because I don't know. It's because I not only do the work that I do as a psychic medium and a channel, the channel guidance, but as a therapist – or just somebody that's had a lot of life experience, you know, lived around the world, lived in different places, traveled. There is this thing in the, in the you know, quote-unquote metaphysical or law of attraction community or whatever that you have to think positive thoughts to manifest. And that is just not true. The key really is to understand yourself and your soul as to how you manifest. 
And I had mentioned that some people, I've worked with people that have manifested out of fear, and I have. I have met, a lot, in fact, a lot of billionaires, multimillionaires and billionaires have a lot of fear. They have an extreme lack consciousness, and that lack consciousness is what drives them, and it works for them. But if that's not your path, that is not going to work for you. It's kind of like criminals that don't get caught for a long time because they don't have the they don't set up within the world in the universe kind of the boomerang that that they're doing something you know not 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 of integrity or out ethics they don't you know that's why con artists can keep conning they don't have that in their consciousness that this is something bad or wrong and so it's not so much like getting into fear to manifest i want to make that clear it's not about that it's just that to say that you only can manifest or draw in when you're thinking happy thoughts is really a lie. I mean, some of my best manifestations have come in my hour of desperation, to be honest with you, <laughs> you know, if I'm going to really be honest. Um, but, when you, yes, when you're intentionally, it, again, it's just about mindset and it's about vibration. It just, it's, much, it's simple, but it's also much more complex. And then you have people that are natural marketers, and majorly type A personality, I don't care what they're doing in their life. They're going to manifest and draw in a lot of money. So you really have to know you. And that is why in the, you know, the ancient mystery school of Delphi, above that arch, it said know thyself. And that's why with good teachers, spiritual teachers, metaphysical teachers, um, therapists, psychologists, they really push you know, early development stuff, healing that, training, and knowing yourself. What is, and that's why, and a good astrologer is going to push that. Let's look at the chart, which could be looked at as, as, a, as a blueprint of the soul, and see the best way for you to do what it is that you want to do. You know, I mean, that's why getting your chart done, I think, is so, you know, amazing and important. I know every time I do someone's chart, even if I've worked with them for many, many, many years, or I've worked with them consistently, I can always, the question look, gives us a different angle to look at, a different opportunity or option, a different slant, a different emphasis or focus. So it's not so simple to just say, think this way and you're going to, to manifest. It's a lot about resonance, but it's also about your soul, the way you instinctually uh manifest the way that you um, draw things in and and what your true interests are see so if you don't know that it's like your subconscious mind by the way I did a pick a card on this a, a month or so ago about the subconscious mind some of you may want to look at that or get some work hypnotherapy you know you can email me you know we could do a session or a few sessions see what's going on because if you don't know your inner landscape, that's what trips you up. It, a lot of times people say, oh, well, you're sabotaging. No, it's just you're not finding the right, right way for you. It's really important. That's why there, there are certain things that we can all do and all follow that get us like to the doorway of our inner knowing ourselves. But then we have to know how we subconsciously, deep within us, how we resonate, how, what do we resonate to, how, how do we walk and roll, how do we do what we... In, 
And some of you I know have heard me tell stories like when I was modeling, I'd all, even though I would try, 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 try to say, sit by the influential people, talk to, and I did talk to them, talk to the influential people. However, like little bee to honey, I would do that for a certain period of time. I put in my time. But if there was somebody on that set, I don't care. that Usually it was like the hairstylist, makeup artist. It could be a crew member, the grip or camera, you know, that's reading a book that I'm reading or studying or has an interest in astrology or metaphysics. That's where I was led. That's where my heart went. So that's the thing. You've got to know what game you're playing. And by the way, 2024 is going to be huge for this because each of us is in the, the main game. We're in the main arena, and that affects us, and we affect that to some degree. But we have our own individual arena, our own individual hub. And if we don't understand our own matrix, our own soul matrix or soul design, it's going to be very hard to move ahead. It's going to be very hard to see and find the openings. And I would say, we'll see what, what Robert has to say on this, but that Pluto in Aquarius, um, and especially when Aries goes into um, Neptune in Aries and Saturn in Aries, and you know, it, it's about the, your individuality. That is the soul. That's why emotional healing, repatterning, emotional clearing is so important because your emotions, the energy in motion and your feelings are the juice. So you've got to work. Like here's an example for those of you that are in the United States. I always use this example, so if you've heard it before, so sorry, but it's such a good example. Mothers against drunk drivers. They are pissed. They are angry. If you've ever seen a video of them or a town hall, but they turn, they channel that anger into that created, you know, a whole, I don't know, organization, nonprofit, a group, all this stuff that they do, education, awareness, they're in anger. Now, newbie metaphysicians, neophytes would go, oh, well, if you see anger, then you're angry inside, and oh, if you're angry, you're not going to get what you want, you're not going to be able to manifest. No, you don't want to chronologically stay there. You don't want to rather chronically stay there. You don't want to chronically stay in a stuck state, any stuck emotional state. It's like having a piano with piano strings or a guitar where the strings are either too loose or too tight. You know, if they're too tight, too much anger, too much constricted energy, that's not great. But you've got to be able to go there. And same, you just have to know how to use the frequency that you're in to align through that frequency to what it is that you want. It's not about I need to be think happy thoughts or I need to be this. Okay, yes, on a health level, chronically, chronically being in lower emotional states are not great. However, I have met some 80, 90, 95-year-old very cantankerous people that are very healthy. And as a shaman and a bereavement counselor, I have met some people at the end of their life that did not shift or change and were just nasty to the core, to the very end. And they were able to really prolong their life. Even the doctors would laugh and say, oh, my God, it's because he's so, such an angry You know, he's got the all, he's a spitfire. So, gang, this has got to be the time that we stop these recipes, these cookie cutters, of like, oh, you're Scorpio, you must be into a lot of sex, or you must be this, oh, you're Virgo, you must be 
very picky in analyzing. We, you guys got to go deeper. Everybody's got to go deeper. We're, we're very simple beings, but we're complex. There's layers to us. And as you understand your layers more, your individual design, that's where you're really going to thrive. And it's like building a house. A house has many layers. You don't just build a house. You have to have plumbing. You have to have the electrical. You have to have a foundation. You have to have that rebar wire that, I don't know, holds the concrete in. You have to have framing. You have to have the frame. You, You know, you have to have, I don't know, insulation. It's not just a house on the outside. And by the way, in in dream therapy and also in uh, psychosynthesis, the house represents our mind, our mindset. So take a look at that and go, okay, I would just say this year, like, okay, I'm not going to do cookie cutter. I'm going to do me. I'm going to find out what I'm about and what motivates me. And once you do that, you know, like for me, and I know some of you heard me say this, a meeting that I had years and years ago when I had a talk show with uh, one of the, the executive producers. And we were in a meeting, and first of all, one thing was interesting. They wanted me to sue somebody that I, I ended up not doing it because I, they're like, well, you have to do it as the host if we're going to go after these people for reneging on their contract. And I already knew the company wasn't doing well that we had partnered with or worked with. And so I, I said that, I, you know, as a psychic, I knew. And I'm like, I, don't, I can't do that. And also, I don't feel like there's been this injustice. So my motivation isn't about the money. I, don't, I love money. I love what it can buy. I love what it can do. I think it's a great little thing we have on this planet. You know, it's an interesting way of exchanging. But that doesn't drive me. And she asked me something that I learned that really helped me. And God, did she have a good mind on her. You know, Harvard attorney, Harvard grad, and, and Harvard, uh, well, she also in the arts department too, but also an attorney. And she asked me a few questions, and she said, what, what are, you, are you, something about money, I don't even remember exactly how she put it, but something about our, my motivation, and, and I said, oh, can you explain that? What does that mean? She goes, well, she said, some people can work, they can do any kind of job, to make money. And I have, by the way, gang, I have clients that are like this, and it doesn't matter. And they live a great life. They just, okay, my job is just for money. It's for finance. And they do other things uh, that are very rewarding and fulfilling for them. They just know they want to have a certain amount of money coming in, and that's that. And this is, they got a, and then they're happy. I got a great job. It brings in blah, de blah. And this is great for me or my family or whatever it is. And so she said that. She said, well, look, what if I offered you this amount of money, but this was the job? And I'm like, oh, not really. And she goes, or are you more motivated by projects, things that you, in, you enjoy doing or something creative? And I said, oh, my God, I wish I was the first one, but <laughs> oh, my God, I'm the second one for sure, <laughs> for sure. Sure. Now, if you underst- if you ask yourself that question going into 2024, gang, that doesn't mean you can't live well or receive a lot of money or compensation or make a lot of money or whatever, but the way you do it is going to be very different than, a, than the column one, <laughs> choice one, right? 
so again, just another example. You know, even knowing in your chart, your Mars, your Mercury, how your mind thinks, how you communicate, how you use your energy. My Mars is in the twelfth house. I, I'm. That's a whole different thing than somebody has Mars in the first house or even the fourth, tenth house, you know, or eleventh house. So, again, it goes back to that knowing yourself. And I feel like there's going to be so many situations that are coming up starting mid, you know, 2024 and definitely 2025 into 2026 that if you don't really know yourself and what motivates you, it's going to be like a tsunami over you. It's going to be very confusing with disinformation, misinformation, different information, different paths, different ways, different things. There's just going to be there's a lot more stuff that's going to be happening on the planet. You can probably already see it now. There's just more stuff, more, more to do. You know, more time. You know, more things to fill in with your time. And if you don't know what really is is you, what you're about, it's going to be very challenging to make the decisions that people are going to be needing to make to gather and come together in in resonance. You know, I would say don't be afraid to say no. Don't be afraid to say this isn't working or let's change how this is working. All right, let's get to a couple callers so we can get online, see if Robert's coming in. Hello, you're on air. Uh, hi, this is Kate. Hey, Kate. Hello, hello. How are you? Hello, hello. Been a while? Um, yeah. Yeah, of course, um, it's, things are happening to me exactly around what you're talking about. Listen. And I want to um, change what I do and work with animals and abuse animals. And mm. I just had this um, past belief that I can't make any money on, on that. Because like, mm. I know, like, because nonprofits haven't changed their salary or hourly in like twenty years. Okay. Do Do you have to work with nonprofit, or are you working with nonprofit now? What I'm not quite understanding. Well, that's that part. kind of a thinking as before. I can do things on my own directly as a way to start and meeting people. Right. Oh, would be to work with other people is what you're saying. Uh, to work for an organization to start and, and then okay. to do one-on-one eventually. There's your key to start. Okay. And you can start, yeah. See, that's another thing. That See, that's a very good. I'm glad you brought this up because and I, back in the day, we, we, you know, you didn't always look. And, again, to me, again, I guess it's also because I come from an artist background of collaboration, you know, as an artist, a model, an actor, you know, I've done choreography back in the day. We we didn't we knew where we wanted to go. And so Kate, you're bringing up such a great example. I hope everybody's listening. Know where you want to go and what you want to do. Don't think that you have to have the the quote-unquote best paying job right out the gate. You use that job as transition and to get you in there while you either parlay to another job. Um, and by the way, all my, all my clients that are like startups and are multimillionaires or billionaires, that's what they did. Look at Steve Jobs. Look at all. They didn't right away think of the money. They thought of the opportunity. Right, but look at their industry. It's in tech. It's very different than helping abused animals. 
No, no, it's not. I use those same principles as a psychic channel. You don't get more woo-woo and potential to not make money or do well in your life (laughs) other than what I do. I mean, let's be honest. You know what I mean? (laughs) But when I was told by one of my clients, oh, my God, Michelle, you make more than doctors make. That's why a lot of doctors stop taking insurance. So, no, you can apply. There are principles. You can apply anything. Principles. Universal principles or business principles that work, work for anybody. I don't care if you're a dog walker, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a house painter, you know, a nail technician. It doesn't matter. You are of that level. That's, that's, that's going to be the Aquarian age. You are the same. That's the, that's the whole cosmic joke. You are the same. There's no reason you can't use those same principles. You know, some people lived in their car. You know, right. jewel or you know, ate bologna sandwiches. Uh, you know, in in, in whatever or, or ramen in tech companies. They ate ramen, and you know, or worked the night shift. So yeah, I would say don't stop. Start now, and get that job. Do whatever it is that's bridging, and then you get your clients on the side. Um, you start average. You know, you start connecting. You know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, threads, whatever it is, TikTok, you, and you co- connect with other people and you get that. You get your peeps. You get the people that are into what you're into. And then people will, you know, be more drawn to you also. That's, a, that's another way to connect in. But, yeah, start now, Kate. You can build it. You, you know, you've already been successful in, an, in another field. So, Yes. And that's for anybody. It's easier to be successful in, in a field if you've already been successful. And so if you've, those people that have shown up, done what you need to do, you will be able to do that. So I'm just getting for you just to start and just plan it out in your mind or do like a, it could be like a vision board or like you're going to hear me tinkling in the back because I'm getting my, my little... <laughs> I needed more uh, frothy, <laughs> frothy milk in my <laughs> decaf latte. Um, okay, so write it out or do like a like take that with like what is it poster board, butcher board, whatever something. Yeah. Or you can do it on you can do it online too, but just see where you want to go. Here's a key, everyone. Here's a little secret. What causes, like that statement that you said, like, well, they're tech, it's not the same, or I can't, whatever. Or we say, mm-hmm. well, I can't do that, or I don't know. That's our conditioning. That's our conditioned mind. That's part of the ego. When you do something constructive that's more 3D or left brain, like writing something out or doing a diagram, that part calms down. So you give that something, that part to do. Got it. You give it a little – and then you get into your creative mode of where you're going and what you're doing. And be very clear, as long as you tell yourself, look, this is transitional job, this has, it has the function. And I would write out, what's the function? It's helping me do this. It's bringing money in. It's helping me meet more people. It's helping me structure my time. Then that part of the brain that can tend to – or mind, really, it's not really the brain, but – I mean, there is a biochemical aspect, the mind, the part of the mind that can tend to sometimes put doubt or sabotage us, quiets down because it's, it sees, okay, 
this is something valid that you're doing. And then the part of you that really wants to have this big experience and create something from a you know your vision, that part isn't turned off. It's it's it sees oh yeah we're going for this. So you satisfy both parts of the mind of the brain, you know of your functionality of your personality. All right, I look forward to seeing what you do. Yeah. So do you see that on a psychic lane? Do you see my skill in that area? My gifts. I think you have a few gifts. I honestly, if I look psychic, I don't think you've hit totally on what it is that you want to do. Uh-huh. I think this is a part of it or a piece of it. I would just start. Look, when I started doing what I did, it's it's morphed over the it's morphed over the years as I've done more study, more training, as I tried different modalities. I then went back to school or learned something, or I took a certification course. I did this. I did that. So it may, so what I do is a blending of Michelle's interests, you know. What you're going to do is going to be a blending of your interests. But what I really hear for you psychically is to start. Got it. And I feel there's a part of your inner psyche that's coming in for all of us. There's a different part of our inner psyche that is much more directed. I don't know if it has to do with the you know, North Node and Aries, I don't know. Robert, when he gets on, maybe he can look at it astrologically. But there is definitely, I've, I started seeing it in myself and I started seeing it in my clients. There is a new part of us, of our soul, that is emerging that is needed, necessary, and extremely capable of whatever comes up in this new paradigm, this next level that we're going in. This, it's, it's totally in that new emerging consciousness. It's not like I would say the people of last year or two years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago, we were not ready for whatever systems, government, whatever, whatever, whatever is thrown at us, God, the universe. But let me tell you, this part that's coming through is like so ready, so on it. That's the part you need to let lead you, and that's the part that I'm hearing that says start, start. Because it's going to put, pull you from that I can't to that I will, like like an air draft, like drafting behind a big, you know, like the like drafting in the wake of a of a boat when you're on, you know, those skis, um, right? Or behind a big behind a big, um, you know, truck. You're going to hit your wind. You're going to get in your own wind pocket, and that wind is source is God. But you got to start. And then you'll know next steps. You know, trust your intuition. Trust your inner knowing. Trust your gut. All right? And let us know. When you do that next step, whatever it is, let us know. All right. Thank you. I'll keep listening. You're welcome. Okay, cool. Bye. All right. We've got one more caller. And then then I think it's Robert on this. Hi, you're on air. Hi, Michelle. My name is Maria. So I wanted to ask Maria. you, I had an amazing 2023. Well, it, end, mm-hmm. it ended amazingly right now. And I was wondering one thing that did not change is my love life in 2023. And I wanted to know, is there something coming in 2024? Yeah, that's it. Huh? <laughs> okay. Well, I would say with this energy, you're magnetizing someone in. Love life. Great. Oh, yes. 
Okay, are there? It's going to be around new, new groups, small groups, small circle, or even could be around the well, could be neighborhood or online. Let's see what's dating and when. Yeah, definitely. Do you have Gemini at all in your chart? Do you know? Uh, you don't know. Couldn't tell you. No, you don't know. I'm a okay. Virgo. Okay. Uh, Pisces. Oh, well, there's Virgo. Okay, okay, because both of those, um, Mercury ruled. Okay, so there could be some Gemini or maybe third house placement. I don't know, or this person is. But but there's a lot of Mercury energy, mercurial energy with you and this person. So a lot of conversations, you know, philosophizing, you know, uh, deep thinking. You're very chatty together. So I don't know. It makes me think that you either meet this person out and about with something that has to do with communications or training, or you guys are out and about. But I definitely do see you meeting some, someone. Great. A few someone. I think it's going to start kind of, sl- yeah, kind of slowly. Um, it, like maybe more friends and chatting and talking, and then it's like. I, ooh, I really like this person. I can tell. I can hear you talking. Like, like they keep showing up. You keep showing up. There's something very organic, organic about the the development of the relationship. It, it feels like awesome. it's a, it's going to yeah. happen in a way that, yeah, I don't know. I I just heard it's going to happen in a way that you can handle it. That doesn't upset what you have going okay. on or in place. If that makes sense. Yes, it does. It's perfect. Okay. Love it, Michelle. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Keep listening. Got Robert coming on. Thank you, of Bye. course. Okay. All right, gang. Time for our second half of the program, our Awakening Dialogue. We have Robert Wilkinson, spiritual astrologer and author, back uh, with us. Hello, Robert. Been a long time. Why, hello, Michelle, and everybody else out there. Yes, it has been, and I can truly say that we're all in this together. Each one of us gets their own ticket to ride. As you know, I always like to tune in on the conversation before I start because it gives me a sense of what's going on. And as usual, everything that your people have been talking about, everything you've been telling them is actually reflected in the larger atmosphere. And oh, I'm going to start okay. right now by you talking about that internal resonance, and that's where our yeah. chart shows the potential. But in order to manifest anything, there's two qualities that have to be fulfilled. One is it has to be true for us. It has to be okay. aligned with our dharma. Our Tao. We, we cannot be something we are not. And I also find that interestingly, because of what you might call our own cosmic intelligence that we may or may not understand is at work, but it is, when we're getting a little too off from where we need to be, we have that part of us internally which resists going on to paths that we should not be on. And it's not a moral thing. It's more like just is it truly us or is it not? And that second quality is that if we want something to manifest, because force is force. As you rightly pointed out, the anger can be used for good, for bad, for self-destruction, for construction. So energy is energy. 
And so if we want to manifest something, it has to be done in the right way, in the right time, using the right tools. For example, right. if you For, want to uh, be a performer, you better be able to practice whatever it is that you're doing, mm-hmm. or you're not going to be much of a performer. You can have all of the intention. You can even have talent. But if you don't get out there and practice, it's not going to be made manifest. So as I see it, we need a vision, we need a plan, and we need the right time to launch whatever it is. And that's I like that. Now, that's... Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that's really important what you said back about this mechanism because I think this happens for a, a lot of people, uh, especially of late since there are more people doing the things, doing more things. There are more people, you know, entre- you know, setting out entrepreneurially or consulting or working on their own or solo business, cottage and just whatever, whatever you want to call it now. And there's a lot of looking to one side to the other of, oh, they did it this way, this must be it. They did it that way. And I feel like what you're saying then is, first of all, you've got to know yourself or what you're about. But then you said there is this internal mechanism, which I feel I've bumped into that at, you know, a few times, where I'm doing something a certain way or going down a certain path, and it just, it just stops. It just dries up. So I'm hearing you say that that's part of our internal mechanism within us saying, okay, this is not the right path for you or the right way. It's our internal mechanism, but remember, we don't exist in a vacuum. We have to interact with the world as it is. So, you know, mm-hmm. if we have 20 bucks and we want to drive across the country, when the price of gas is 5 bucks, it's not going to work out quite as well as when the price of gas is a dollar. See what I mean? Where you have to have the right tools. You have to know the right timing. And one of the big lessons of 2023 is that the old answers won't satisfy the questions, and the old approaches Mm. will not get the job done. So in that sense, it doesn't really matter if it worked for someone else or it should work or we think it ought to work. This year has been about us thinking outside the box, coming up with new answers, coming up with new questions, and coming up with new approaches. And Mm. it's not our fault that the old approaches don't work. That's the theme of our time, (laughs) that the old approaches don't work. I mean, we've seen that play out in the political world, in the social world, in the economic world. They're floundering, but a lot of the old convenient answers, convenient approaches – they're just not getting the job done. Yeah, now, right. Now, the good news about that is not all things are meant to succeed as we think they should. Sometimes we just have to strive so we can turn that cosmic prayer wheel and learn what we have to learn because those are situations where even a defeat can lead us to skills that we're going to use in another context in the future. Because I find life is all about economy of energy. That's why consciousness is a one-way street. We just become more aware. We never really become less aware. Mm. We just become more aware of what we don't know. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we forget what we used to be aware of because it's in long-term memory. We're not really using those files in an ongoing way. And where people want to get into a comfortable groove, in fact, life is about growth. 
and all things grow or die. So if we can't grow in one way, the point is not to get mad that we can't grow in that way. The point is to say, okay, it's a new season. What do I need to learn? How do I need to adapt to what's going on right in front of me? And this is where I gave you an example in past years where a long time ago I was doing temp work because I was in sort of an in-between section in my life and I didn't need the stress and pressure, so I just you know, didn't mind doing some mindless stuff. And mm-hmm. it wasn't part of my CV. I didn't really care. You know, it's not part of my self-esteem, the fact that I'm doing some typing for somebody. But it's interesting because I took a temp gig, eight hours, five bucks an hour. I almost turned it down, and it led me directly into television production, editing, and directing. And I had an award-winning mm-hmm. show for a number of years, all that came out of a $5-an-hour temp gig. So we can't really afford to prejudge the opportunities that open for us to practice a new skill or to learn a new approach or to get outside of our convenient perceptual box so that we can really open to the magic that if we just show up, sometimes doors fly open for us. But again, this all has to do with our own resonance. We can't live anybody else's life. And we have different planets and they have different functions, different departments of labor. And each one of our internal planetary lights has a duality of a healthy versus unhealthy function. It's like our Venus is said to govern wisdom versus folly. And certainly that plays out in our relationships. Either we show we have wisdom or we wind up victims of our own folly, our vanities, our, our oh misguided so lights. You know, and, and it's the same thing. Like we might even have a really good Mars. It's effective, it's efficient, it's directed. But if our Jupiter is off, then we'll charge off in the wrong direction. And we'll do it with great style and great efficiency, and we'll be going in the wrong direction. And that's when our internal sense of dharma or Tao, that true functioning, that who we really are, is beyond the personality, beyond the mind, beyond the five senses, beyond any self-identification, because it's the process of us as we truly are in space and time, that we can be led into our whole being. Okay? And this is where Saturn its duality is enslavement versus dominion, basically fear versus mastery. And if our Saturn is not healthy, then we will not be able to follow through because we'll become afraid at some point. Or we'll have to feel like we need to conform to somebody else's rules, somebody else's limits. And yet all of life, you know, all the great mythologies, all the great spiritual teachers ultimately had to get outside of their early family and cultural matrix and its belief systems and go find the truth on their own terms. And that's what we all are trying to do in this lifetime. And we're just yeah. trying to find our true expression. Mm-hmm. Now, Robert, do you think that this the old not working, the old way or old recipe. I keep seeing these, it's just not working. It's like it's people trying to do, it's like the gears get stuck. It's it's like we're required to go within and find something 
not just new, but new in the moment or just open up to what is emerging or evolving. Are you seeing that have to do with anything with Pluto and Aquarius, that Aquarian energy, or is there something else that you would say? Those lessons actually were first set up where the old answers don't work, the old approaches don't work, by the Mercury retrograde back in April and May because of the span where it fell. So we kind of got this rehearsal or sense of things. We started having to take a whole different orientation because Mercury's duality is life and death. It's our ideas. Are our ideas leading us to life? Are our ideas leading us into dead ends? Okay, so it's a Mercury function to see the life in every moment, every possibility, as well as to spot Mm. what will not take us where we need to go. Now, ordinarily, that would have been done. We would have just had to focus on that in April and May, and the whole thing would have been sort of a passing lesson. But then Jupiter came along and went retrograde in the exact same degrees, the exact same span beginning in September. So what was an idea back in the spring of can't do it this way, can't approach it that way, then it became almost like a hindrance or a blockage to our expansion because Jupiter is the expansive quality. And all of a sudden our imagination, whereas Mercury is the mind, well, Jupiter is the imagination, all of a sudden our imagination realizes the old answers aren't working, the old approaches aren't working, we really need to find a different way to do this or to understand this or to negotiate this or to plan this. And Jupiter is still retrograde. We're still in that review period. Everything moves forward beginning in January because Jupiter is going to be direct on the bridge building degree, just like Mercury was uh, back in May. And Mercury will be direct on a degree in Sagittarius, which promises us all entry into a new land, a new life, and a new world if we have prepared to make that transition. And you know as well as I do, people want the comfortable. They want the familiar, and they'd rather stay in a comfortable hell than a completely unknown future. Because leaping into the unknown is pretty scary for people. Of course, they forgot the primary dictum that in order to receive the fistful of $100 bills, you've got to let go of the fistful of pennies first. You have to unclench <laughs> the hand. You know, if you, it's kind of like you can't have a great relationship while you're living with a toad. You know, and that's where most people, they feel like, well, I can't make a move unless something better is in my hand, when in fact all that that does is drag the old with you. And this is where I'm a real big believer in cutting the past clean, resolving it, clearing the energy field of the resentments and the frustrations and the anger and the sadness. It's not that these things are bad or inappropriate, but we have to process them so that we don't drag that bag into a meeting with the beloved. And I talk about this in my book, Venus, you know, The Magic of Venus, Friendship, Soulmates, and Twin Flames. I talk about how our attractions all bring us interactions that teach us what is true for us, what is not true for us, where we get seduced, where we get suckered, where we get second-guessed, where we get bought off, 
And then we wind up wondering, how did we get here? And the book is really all about looking at all of our attraction factors and how the people in our past have shown us both appropriate attractions, which might be replicated in the future, as well as unhealthy attractions that we really need to focus on because we don't need to go there once we've been there. Right. And this, now, it, Robert, was that, this book new? Is this book um, on Venus? I don't think. I think when you were here last time, I don't think you. Um, no, I finished it. I don't think it was it published. Got published, right? No, it's published, and it's actually overtaken my Saturn book. And, in terms oh, of wow. So, yeah, wow. I think that the whole concept of the attraction factor and healthy attractions, healthy friendships that lead us to our soulmates, that really do bring forth our love and our wisdom and our intelligence and our understanding, these are important for people because ultimately, you know, we work things out personally and interpersonally and transpersonally. So if the interpersonal element is a huge factor, it's a dimension of our existence, then the best we can do is get right with ourselves and figure out what's healthy and what's not healthy and make it easy on ourselves so that we reduce our headache and our heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Let and everybody now, know with, where they can get your, that your books, okay, Venus, what that well, name is. Well, it's in Amazon. I think you can probably order it through your local bookstores. I, I don't. No, but uh, okay. it's definitely on Amazon. And, uh, yes, it's called The Magic of Venus, Friendships, Soulmates, and Twin Flames. And a lot Yay. of the stuff I was talking about earlier related to Dharma and Tao and the true function of the planetary dualities, all of that is in Saturn, spiritual master, spiritual friend. Okay, and, and I still am getting all kinds of reviews about that. People are telling me that it really helps them make sense of things. They can take command of their purpose. They take command of their vehicle and their personality. And they're not scared of the changes. They're mm. not scared of the dance because, I and I specifically address that, Saturn is what binds us until we're ready to move on, but Uranus is that eternal self that just dances through space and time and is ready, like the fool in the tarot, to walk off the cliff with a smile on its face knowing Mm -hmm. that, as in the Indiana Jones movie, you can step off into the void and the stones will rise up under your feet if you are following your destiny. There is no way we can ever fall into an abyss if we're following Mm -hmm. our destiny because nature itself rises up to support our effort, even when we don't know. If we're in the groove with our higher self, There's nothing that can stop it, nothing that can prevent it, nothing can bring it down. You can't buy it, you can't sell it, nobody can destroy it because that's our true self. Mm. So powerful. And I feel like we're going more into that understanding or there's going to be situations that happen that uh, perhaps you could say cause people to some degree to... um, you know, that proverbial look within, but find their own way or their own truth or their own understanding of themselves. It's a, it's a, it's a great time of gathering, but it's also a very individualistic time. It, it, you know, I know there's a lot of buzzwords around that, authenticity, you know, truth, sovereignty, but I think there's a, a deeper 
understanding and manifestation of that that we we all and I can say for myself haven't yet totally come to. I think we're on the precipice of it. Part of what you're speaking about, you know, just in terms of you might say the uncertainty of a transitional era has to do mm-hmm. with the Pluto and Aquarius exposing us to a brand new type of energy after many, many, many years of Pluto and Capricorn. And so we are in the middle of a very exciting time of global transition between the dying age of Pisces and the emergent Mm -hmm. age of Aquarius. And that's why there's so much tension. It's an old dying worldview that resists this emergent, broader view focused on a greater good for the greatest number. And because Pluto's invisible, it's still just in seed form. But the thing is, is that in terms of big transitions, it takes years for these transitions to be accomplished because like we began a new transitional, you might say minor era of tension between Capricorn and Aquarius energies in 2020. And that's conditioned everything which has come down since. Wherever we have late Capricorn and early Aquarius in our charts has been a big focus for the past four years and will continue to be because we had multiple overlapping Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto conjunctions in 2020. And the Saturn-Pluto will last until 2053. That cycle is going to be going for the whole first half of the century. And again, they all fell in the last 10 degrees of Cap and the first degree of Aquarius. So that's the area of our charts that are the primary focus of this self-reorganization serving a spiritual goal. And all of those conjunctions are behind the duties and responsibilities as well as the limitations we've confronted in that sector of our charts. And this is about work and rewards for doing our duty under abnormal conditions. So, again, sometimes, even though it might be stressful, you might feel like you're under fire in a battle, at the end of the day, we will get rewards for our courage and our bravery and our willingness to follow through. And it's going to keep coming in the years to come as we accept our duty to become our higher purpose. Okay, we've all been finding types of transcendent security since 2020. Right. Through the major upheavals indicated by the various transit aspects. And like right now, we're learning to read the tea leaves, so to speak, and accept decision-making responsibility so we can be more effective in whatever group work we're doing or going to do. And it's not just all Capricorn, though, because we had a very important uh, set of conjunctions at one degree Aquarius, and that heralds a new Aquarian energy as the old era of materialism slips away. Because that Jupiter-Saturn grand mutation conjunction of one Aquarius in December 2020 began the theme between 2020 and 2040, And it's related to building a great vision with others, maybe participating in some kind of a larger group work which will outlive it. And we are in the beginning of a 200-year era of Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions in air signs. We're moving out of the materialistic Earth sign conjunctions in the past 200 years. And so we're solidly in the 200... That is exciting. Yeah, we're in a 200-year era just emerging with association, exploration, relatedness, movability, ideas, communications, vision. 
we're moving out of the earth and into the air. Love that. The etheric is going to bring in that etheric plane more. Now, Robert, can we go back to that reading the tea leaves? Because I so agree. I feel like many people, and maybe it's becoming more intuitive, you know, more based, I do feel like it's not just reading the tea leaves perhaps of what's going on in the world, but ourselves and how to navigate. Can you speak to that? You said we're all been kind of learning how to interpret the tea leaves. I find that pretty it's light and fun, but it's also, I feel, very predictive of uh, how we navigate the upcoming changes. That is related to Pluto's position last year and this year, and it shows okay. the divine power of purification and regeneration and the ability to see to the core of things has to do with a technique of interpreting through omen signs mm. and signals What's going okay. on? And more than that, because the last part of Capricorn is about group performance, and the last five degrees is specifically about individual spiritual group performance. The power is in being able to suss out from the signs and signals, the subtle stuff, what it is we need to accept of our individual spirituality so that we can be of service within the larger group that we're in whether we know it or not. You know, because again, this is where the choir becomes a very apt symbol because we're all part of the cosmic choir. We're all learning how to right. sing harmonies. We're learning how to sing unisons. We're learning how to sing solos. And we're learning when not to sing at all. And mm-hmm. this is all part of the dance of life and, and relating with other people. We don't want to do what they're doing. We can't do it the way they're doing it. We each get our own ticket. You know, there's only one Bruce Springsteen in the world. Nobody else gets to be another Bruce Springsteen. They can be whoever they want to be, but they can't be that because that job's already taken. And it's kind of like there's only one Michelle. That job's taken. No matter how much people may want to emulate you or copy you or become like you, they can only be a cheap imitation of you because their job is to be themselves. Their authentic yeah. self, and it, you know, and it doesn't matter what they see about that because we all have uh, twenty twenty hindsight, and we're all very good at criticizing ourselves for stuff we didn't know or should have seen or should have done. But again, this yeah. is where I think tragedy teaches us that if we could have done better, we would have done better, and if we yeah. had known, then we might have done something differently. But we do not have perfect foreknowledge. And, again, this gets back into sometimes the answer is no, but in the striving we bring forth a power, a wisdom, an understanding or an insight that we can use to serve others who went through the same tragedy. Okay, because there are sacred wounds, and those will either cripple us or they will lead us into the heart of compassion because we will understand we share that wound with countless people across space and time. We share the same frustrations. We share the same anxieties. And, but this is where we can't identify with those things. We have to remember that if our ideas are leading us down a dead-end ditch, maybe we need to change our view and our understanding of things. You know, we might need to go out into the sunshine, take a walk, <laughs> go to the beach, whatever. Get outside of that, that pessimism because... Pessimism 
is one of the afflictions of the mind. It's hardwired in there because of the mind's dualisms, and the, it leads us to the mind suffering over its own suffering, which is why when people hit a spiral, it's very tough. But the antidote to that is the one thing we can do in the midst of all pessimism is to generate positivity. And again, as you pointed out, this is not some kind of airy-fairy, woo-woo, I'm going to be happy and have a smile on my face while everything is going to hell around me. This is the right. type of positivity that says no matter what is happening now, this too will pass. And if I'm clear about my intention and what's true for me, and I start moving in the, in the direction where I feel there's fulfillment, doors will open, connections will come, mm -hmm. understanding will come. And that's why I give you the analogy about the, the five-buck-an-hour gig, because a lot of people would have turned that down as being unworthy. And instead it led me into being a television producer and director. I mean, wow. You know, just for, for something that would ordinarily be dismissible, infinitely dismissible, mm -hmm. something sort of beneath us because, after all, we're who we are and how have we fallen to this state of, oh, my God, how can I do this when I once was this? And really what exactly. it did is it blew some doors down for me. And it wasn't even that I was supposed to stay there, even though I did get a lot of offers in L.A. when they saw my reel. Because let's face it, I'm an astrologer and I'm a public speaker and a metaphysical guy, and I'm not here to you know, get on stage and hit my mark and deliver a line or, you know, stand behind a camera and try <laughs> to point you. a shot, you know. I hear you. I hear you. Well, I mean, it's very glamorous to think, oh, man, I'm Oh, a, I know. know. But when I it comes know. right down to it, it's, it's a question of dharma. It's what is your work? What will fulfill you? Yeah. And this is where I think that with Pluto and Aquarius, rather than the Capricorn focus on the task, the duty, the responsibility, Instead, with Aquarius, we get to see the seeds of a larger vision of how we fit in to a bigger picture. Mm -hmm. and, and I believe that this will also bring us allies and friends, and some of them are going to be pretty intense. But the thing is, is some of this stuff has already been at work anyway. Because yeah, we're Pluto's seeing it now. Pluto's entering into Aquarius doesn't mean we're in the age of Aquarius because, again, each great age is 2,100 years, and there's overlapping exit and entry zones. And even if they're just one-tenth of the two signs, the transition is 420 years. So I think we all mm -hmm. need to relax a little bit about the age mm -hmm. of Aquarius because as we become that energy, we anchor that. We're all in the heart of a transition zone. The world we live in will be there for a long time to come, but we carry the seeds of the Aquarian ideal, and we're helping yeah. make that energy real in our world. So even though it may seem like with all the war and the violence and all the insanity that we're nowhere near the ideal, we're all still turning the cosmic prayer wheel, and we're paying that energy forward by our striving. And so we are breaking free of the inertia and the echoes of the Kali Yuga. Each time there's a transit through Aquarius, it brings new forms of Aquarius energy into being. And so right now we're finishing up the seeds of the Aquarian age that were set down the last time Pluto was in Aquarius in the 1770s, 1780s, and 1790s. And that got stronger each time Neptune and Uranus went through Aquarius, and we recently mm -hmm. reset the cosmic clock 
when Uranus transited Aquarius between 1996 and 2003. That awakened a new Aquarian spiritual energy and collective consciousness in all of us. And then that got dreamed into the global mind by Neptune between 1998 and 2011. And so now what we're getting is the next Pluto transit into Aquarius, which is sprouting those long-term transformational seeds. It began between March and June of 2023, and when it re-enters Aquarius on January 20th coming up, then that widespread activity will resume. And it's going to stay there through August, and then it'll retrograde back into Capricorn for the last time in this era. So this is the last winter solstice with Pluto and Capricorn. This is powerful because come the spring at the equinox, Pluto's going to be in Aquarius. And so it's going to be a yeah. whole different seasonal energy. So, and then see, the other thing, as I said, every time the Aquarian energies get conjuncted, it reinforces that future-oriented Aquarian energy. And once Pluto goes back into Aquarius in late January, it's going to be conjuncted by Mercury, Mars, and Venus in February. And that sets new one- and two-year cycles into motion related to one Aquarius wherever that falls in our chart. And because that was the degree of the grand mutation, a lot of Aquarian energies are going to help us to find purposeful group work, and it's going to get stronger beginning in February 2024. So Pluto is a purifier. You know, it is an invisible transformational agent, so it tends to work below the surface of things. It sprouts long-term seeds of growth, long-term renewal. And so I would say for those who know astrology out there, look to the transits, which sextal, square, trine, and oppose one Aquarius to find the time markers when those long-term energies express in clear forms. The sextal will bring productivity. The square will bring challenge, release, a challenge for uh, right action, for dynamic action. The trine will be a harmonization. It's like when Jupiter goes into Gemini in late May, early June, and it trines Pluto. That should bring absolute clarity in the realm of ideas right down to the core of things. We will understand the big picture as demonstrated by Jupiter down to the core as demonstrated by the trine to Pluto. So I think that we're going to see a tremendous acceleration in the Aquarian global growth energy, especially when Jupiter's next in Aquarius, because it's going to conjunct Pluto at 15, the angel point, in 2033. And that's going to dominate the entire era between 2033 and 2045. So we have Pluto and Aquarius from now through 2044. Mm. The one Aquarius theme is going to be strong through 2040, And the 15 Aquarius theme is going to be strong from 2033 to 2045. So there's a lot of Aquarius action ahead. And look to the house in your chart if you want to see where those are going to play out. So that's where we can cooperate with that energy. Like in my case, Pluto, Lake Capricorn, early Aquarius is in my sixth house. So I can use those energies in a form of practical service or work that serves a greater good or some kind of group spiritual touchstone, which will outlive me. And as I also have the moon in Aquarius, it shows that these increasingly Mm. expansive idealistic spiritual energies will find expression through my moon. And this is then 
segues into something that you were uh, talking about because the interesting thing about that larger spiritual field indicated by Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, for many years, Uranus has been in late Taurus, Neptune's in late Pisces, Pluto's in late Capricorn. And this has favored deep transformations and alignments in the planets we have in the late degrees of Taurus, Cancer, Virgo, Scorpio, Capricorn, and Pisces, the earth and water signs. But with Pluto's entry into Aquarius, this gives us a sense of what's coming in the future because we have that gigantic set of harmonious and productive alignments of Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto coming. And you talked about this. That party begins in April 2025 when Neptune enters Aries. It's followed by Saturn entering Aries in late May, conjuncting Neptune, both of them sextile to Pluto, and then they're all joined by <gasps> Uranus entering right. Gemini in July 2025. That makes that wow. three-note harmonic chord of productive spiritual awareness through the Saturn sextile Uranus and Pluto, Uranus trying Pluto. So it's an exceptional transition out of Earth and water into the future fire and air energies. Wow. Very much, too, about um, the dream, the goal, the vision. And I kind of mean it in an in a existential way. I, I think it's going to be – it reminds me of Apple's uh, – I know you would know this. I think it was in the early 90s when they – First, we're coming out with the laptops, and, it, and they just showed all these different creative people. And I think the, I think the tagline was just create. Um, so it's kind of remi- to me reminding me of that this this idea of creating, but breaking free, you know, br- breaking free. Um, that whole idea of sovereignty again. What is your truth? And it's going to be interesting to see, Robert. I don't. I mean, I guess there's only it ha, we have to live it to to you know kind of see it. But the structures of opposition or control or over control and that old dynamic of that you know power versus force, the 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 victim abuse cycle, you know, the, the moving from victim to victor, uh, master slave, you know, all of that playing out, that old conditioning, that old patterning from you know beginning of at least we know written history history playing out sounds like we're getting in the setup for but it sounds like by those aspects the 2025 that there's some i don't know if i would say culmination or or heightened point salient points a fever point maybe (laughs) speaking of fever points (laughs) yeah speaking of fever points (laughs) 2024 is going to bring conflict, and there's going to be a lot of choices and changes, and a lot of stuff's going to get deconstructed in 2024. It's more than just discovering that the old approaches don't work and that, you know, somehow we're having to learn to bless things to move down the timeline, you know, with compassion and forgiveness because of the Saturn and Pisces. You know, it's restructuring how we express our Pisces, parts of our charts. But 2024... We have some aspects coming up which indicate collective friction. Now, this mm-hmm. collective friction, if it's favorable for our charts, we can do well during this collective friction. Okay. Otherwise, it's yeah. going to be a challenge to navigate the collective friction 
given that the old answers, look, we all know now the old answers don't work. We know the old approaches don't work. We know that we've had to bless and forgive a lot to go down the time stream. We've had eclipses that are removing elements of our life wherever we have 30 Aries, 22 Libra, 2 Scorpio, 11 Taurus, 13 Sag, 20 Gemini, 24 Sag. All of these played out in recent years, and they're still active in those houses. And then we have one coming in April 2024, which is very powerful, and it falls at 20 Aries. And then we also have, we just finished the May lunar eclipse effects, wherever we had 15 Taurus Scorpio. They ended in September, but in late October we had another lunar eclipse at 5 Taurus Scorpio, which will be in play through early March. And that's why sometimes things, the cosmic recyclers come and they just take stuff away. That we don't need. If we needed it, they wouldn't be removed, but they can only be removed when it is no longer true for us. And again, that's that internal resonance concept that you introduced everybody to at the beginning. If it's true for us, then we can't lose it. But if it is no longer Mm -hmm. true for us, we can't hold on to it. That would be impossible. Mm -hmm. So the conflicts, as I see it, this is where it's collective friction, so we can't take it personally. It's just a challenge to use the energies wisely. April 2024 through February 2025 brings Saturn semi-square Pluto. And this is the first emergent point of phase shift since that conjunction back in early 2020. This is where we now get to express Pluto productively, or we have to realign our, you know, our Saturn function so that it is expressing appropriately. And again, with Saturn frictional to Pluto, one of the big lessons is don't get caught in quarrels, which are none of our business and which we can't influence anyway. And that if we get confused, don't look outside. We have to become our own way shower, our own pathfinder. Because that's also part of the spiritual path, as you know. It doesn't matter which path we're on. We all have to walk the walk. That's it. Mm -hmm. It's our walk to walk. We have our own unique trip to take. Maybe somebody else has also walked that same path, but we still have to go through whatever it is we have to go through. Then we have Jupiter and Gemini square Saturn in Pisces between July and September, and Jupiter is sesquisquare Pluto in July and August. So as you can see, July, August, and September are going to be very intense. And this is going to impact planets or points that we have around the first five degrees of Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius, around 14 to 20, Gemini, Virgo, Sag, and Pisces, and 28 to 30, Cancer, Libra, Capricorn, and Aries. And all of this that's going on is going to be mirrored again this time next year, December 2024. And, of course, that means that the election is going to be a mess. A lot of deception, developments, dualistic arguments going everywhere and nowhere, a general fog. As I mentioned earlier, all the hard aspects, whether it's in our natal chart or by transit or whatever, show the need for right action. Whether Mm -hmm. we turn corners, put the brakes on, whether we accelerate or blow through obstacles, the coming year is going to challenge our ability to use our Saturn 
to end what needs ending, even as new worlds open. Because Saturn is Dharma, it's our higher purpose. Uranus represents our eternal freedom to dance through life as an eternal, having a human experience. Again, all this is in my Saturn book. And we have to learn how to cooperate with our own now, Saturn. Now, Robert, are you talking about transiting Saturn or natal or both? Well, the thing is, is all transits do is interface with our natal tendencies. And, yeah, for example, the affliction to Saturn in the outer world challenges our internal Saturn to respond correctly, appropriately, and in a healthy way. So even if Saturn, mm-hmm. you know, the transiting Saturn is creating a big mess out there in the world, we don't have to respond in a way that we're aggravating the mess. We can mm-hmm. be the voice of sanity, the discipline, the understanding, the maturity that is needed in every situation where other people are losing their minds because they don't have a well-functioning Saturn. It's like Jupiter mm-hmm. square Saturn is a real challenge to be soul-centered and to master discouragement and to not allow rules and fears to mess up our ability to pursue our vision. And mm-hmm. that that will be in the air during the times of Jupiter square Saturn. That's just going to be in the general atmosphere, but we don't have to let it discourage us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the thing is, the other th- we have power. We, we have power yeah. to respond appropriately according to our spiritual intention, regardless of whatever's going on in the outer world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's key. The other thing um, you said, which I thought was um, about, because there will be all these, and we already see it, my just sense the fever is coming. Like you said, April, May, and definitely flame. the fever gets hotter or higher, probably both, next year. But that idea of all these, like where do you place your focus, your energy, in these conflicts, whether they're personal, you know, you're interpersonal, personal, online, within the world, there's all these, and you know, and there and there has been like this, uh, at least on online and social media. I don't buy into it, but I do see some people buying into this whole virtue signaling, like trying getting caught up in something, which I think now in a way goes back to what you're saying about knowing yourself. Right. But with right. all these conflicts, people, I mean, what is the, I guess they have to connect into their navigational system, I guess, to see what is true for them to get involved or not get involved. Well, this gets back to something we talked about last year and probably the year before as well because it's one of the foundations of what I teach people is that there are four sources of suffering in the mind that generate all of our problems. One is attachment, mm-hmm. one is avoidance, one is illusion, and one is pessimism. And a lot of mm. this stuff can be easily resolved if we just don't get attached to wanting to see it too good or not wanting to see it too bad. We just have to mm. observe it that whatever it is is going on is going on to 
our separated self, but our true self is just loving, wise, and intelligent. And so it doesn't really matter what's going on out there. The whole point of life is to get our personality aligned so our body, feelings, and mind are working together to be a vehicle for our higher self. And again, Mm -hmm. nobody can buy it, nobody can sell it, nobody can even teach it because all that we can do is become that higher self which can regard everything somewhat compassionately but also dispassionately. Where we have Mm -hmm. viveka, that divine discernment that allows us to understand where to go and where not to go. And through the whole thing, we just have to detach and have a sense of humor about a lot of it because, again, even like in the realm of relationships, I can't tell you how many people over my 50-something years of counseling, they come and they're wailing and moaning and crying because they just broke up with somebody. And I had to remind them, look, if it's not working anymore, instead of lamenting it, thank yourself for getting free understand what was the good that came out of it because you had a love that was awakened in you. That certainly has to be a good thing. Maybe you learned about seductions. Maybe you learned about being bullied. Maybe you learned about just what didn't work for you because the the paths were too divergent. And so there's nothing wrong with breaking up. What you do is you honor the friendship that brought you there to begin with. You honor the love Mm -hmm. of the soul that that person brought out in you, and then you turn to face the future knowing you're wiser and you're loving and you're intelligent and you're ready to move forward into a better personal world, interpersonal world, and transpersonal world. See, people Mm -hmm. get pessimistic. They feel like they failed and that this didn't work out, this and that and the other thing. And then they go and they drag that baggage into future relationships without realizing that they really don't want to corrupt the future through all of the resentments of the past. And this is where sometimes we just have to confront that we have four primal feelings, and one of them is fear. We have to expunge fear because it's a useless emotion. It was great when when we were hanging out with saber-toothed tigers and, you know, we had to get out of the way. But when it comes to the modern world, fear is not particularly helpful, nor is vanity, nor is the desire for strong sensations, nor is the undisciplined desire mind. All of these, and again, we talked about that earlier. People want what somebody else has, or they want to... It, they want it to look like that other person's path, and yet that's not their path. And so by wanting it to look a certain way, they push it to the point where they find themselves out on a limb and it's not working for them, and then the limb cracks, and they feel bad about being out on the limb rather than just realizing, okay, well, I learned another thing not to do, and I can now move forward in a more appropriate way for me instead of trying to imitate something that wasn't true for me. And this does get into the the truth of self and the internal resonance and knowing yourself that, you know, it might be maybe I do have skills that would have made me a brilliant attorney, but I'm probably better off having been an astrologer and a metaphysician this life, just spiritually Mm -hmm. speaking. You know, the world didn't Mm -hmm. need one more attorney but to be who I am is the most incredible thing I could imagine. To be you is the most incredible thing you could imagine. And you probably couldn't have even imagined it when you were a teenager. 
You you became yeah. who you were because of embracing that that love of you. And this is where I did a whole bunch of stuff back in the 90s <clears throat> related to visualizing the fact that we have to do something for money, but we also have to do something for love. We have to have something that mm-hmm. feeds our wallet and feeds our heart. And anything other than that, we get out of balance because we work but we have no love, or we have all this love but we're starving. So the point is to find something and Again, as per my example, if you don't know where you're going, there's a whole lot you can say yes to that in the long run don't make you better or worse as a human being. It's just something to do while you get from point A to point K. You know, that there's, there's just you've got to get to this other space before you're going to be aligned with your purpose. And the fact that we have to go through a bunch of woods to figure out how to get through the woods, that's no crime. That's no sin. Right. We're all, you know, because we're just people. And we all have our fears and we all have our deficiencies, and that's where we should never compare ourselves to anybody else. All that we mm-hmm. have to do is compare, are we more aware than we were? Are we able to express love more easily, more appropriately? Are we able to be of service in a way that feels right, that actually does some good, so that we know mm-hmm. we are part of the exchanging flow, as Rumi put it, you know, that we, we're, mm-hmm. we're picking up things, we're buying them, we're selling them, we're giving them away in the marketplace of life. Because ultimately, mm-hmm. at the end, what did you do? What, did, what was this about? Did you take yeah. a chance to fulfill your love, your light, your purpose? And, yeah, okay, maybe you crashed and burned a few times. It all is going to look great on the other side when we finally check out mm-hmm. because we tried. We strived. Yeah. We learned. We Robert, grew. we have a, one of our, one of our uh, listeners in the chat said, and we're glad you chose astrology. <laughs> well, I'm kind of glad I did, too. I, it was funny because I took all those aptitude tests when I was younger, and they told me basically that I could either be a forest ranger or a lifeguard. And I thought, those are kind of funny career choices yeah. if you think about it. And yeah. I had no idea what was going to happen until I started cleaning my act up. I mean, I went into psychology to find the answers to, to fundamental questions. Why does something mm-hmm. happen when it does? Why not yesterday? Why not tomorrow? And the second question is, why are we instantly turned on to certain people, ideas, and behaviors and instantly turned off by certain people, ideas, and behaviors? And these are questions, and and I took all of the psychology classes I was legally allowed to take, plus a few more. They still didn't answer my questions, and then I was introduced to astrology. And it helped me understand why things happen when they do, and why we are attracted to certain things, and why those attractions change over time. And that's why I really love my Venus book, because it's not just an astrology book. It's also uh, from a psychological angle, from a spiritual angle, and from an experiential angle, because I've been through an awful lot of loving relationships this lifetime, some of which stayed loving, some of which didn't. And I bring all my experience to that book. 
and it's quite an interesting work. I've been told it's a lot of people have been helped by it. So, yeah, yeah. I have a new book. Well, I'm sure your books are talk. great. Yeah. Now, Robert, any thought on, uh, I know we talked Pluto and Aquarius. I'm just curious because also in April, because you were citing April being as a kind of a fevier time, um, any thought of the Jupiter conjunct Uranus? Oh. I believe the Jupiter conjunct Uranus is going to be exceptionally good for those who have done the work to confirm mm. their worth in some way. And then because like it, that. it comes down in Taurus, it's the beginning of a twelve year cycle. It will awaken a new enjoyment, a new appreciation, wherever it falls in our chart. It will certainly open up either unusual or unexpected opportunities. No telling, depending on what aspects it makes to other factors in our chart because ultimately, okay, Jupiter in April and May is going to conjunct Uranus and then it's going to sextile Neptune from late Earth to late water and then it enters Gemini, as I said earlier, and it trines Pluto and then it races Mm -hmm. into Gemini. So the fact is, is I believe that the Jupiter conjunct Uranus Yes, it can mean an eruption of willful stubbornness. It can. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, you know, especially for people that are afflicted, you know, that they just don't understand that they're supposed to be enjoying life and not, you know, giving other people grief. But, again, we have to learn to navigate the world as it is, and that's why we can't take a lot of stuff personally. You know, a challenge out there, it may not have anything to do with us as much as if we respond correctly, then we become part of the corrective force of nature herself, and we bring the healing to the moment. We bring the understanding to the moment, and we might not even be there when when everything finally is revealed. All that our job was is to be the catalytic reagent, be in that situation, be as loving, wise, intelligent, and understanding as we can be, offer what we have to offer, and then move on down the line. Mm-hmm. So it still sounds like, which I like, that it that it's, it, it, it really goes back to us, our individuality. Where, you know, our well, the inner, interesting thing about right now, this Mercury retrograde, is that it's going stationary retrograde at uh, nine degrees of Capricorn, which is an attunement energy. Okay, and I've got a lot of articles on the Aquarius papers about this. This is going to be a very productive retrograde because we're going to get a new level of harmony, a new level of fulfillment. That's what we've achieved this past year, whether we know it or not, because Mm -hmm. this is the exact degree where Mercury went direct in January. So now we're getting a look back at our fulfillment. What level of harmony Mm -hmm. Have we achieved? You know, it's a back to the future retrograde because the Sag energies are pulling us into the future, but we have to take a momentary look back to reorganize something or at least see how we have accomplished this so we can move forward into our new life in January and February because the losses of recent months have prepared us to enter the new land that I talked about because of the, the Mercury Direct. 
We just have to sacrifice the lesser self for the sake of greater selfhood. By January, we'll be reoriented. We're going to understand more about our fulfillment by January, February. We can use those Aquarian energies to serve our vision of a greater good. And that's where I talk about a lot of this stuff in the articles on the site. Okay, that's a good place for people to start, AquariusPapers.com. Robert, as always, this has been so insightful and just uplifting. Um, You've given us a lot to think about, a lot of tools, uh, and and a higher perspective of how to look at these um, energetic shifts and changes uh, through the transit. So I always appreciate you coming on. Um, Don't wait so long next next time. Oh, we'll get back together. I've just I had a lot of changes to go through this past you, year, a lot of losses, you know, and things that had oh, to be done, and we all did. I thought you were being I, mean, I don't know yeah. anybody that didn't have some pretty serious uh, decisions to make, you know, and, oh, and yeah. having to leave yeah. some things behind because it's just the old ways aren't working anymore. The, the no, old no. answers aren't working anymore. And no, when that happens, either, either, yeah, either we can sit around and feel how awful it is or we can just figure out, okay, I need some new answers and some new approaches and I might as well enjoy myself while I'm doing it. And I'm sorry mm-hmm. I have to lose this person in that situation, but, you know, maybe they'll be back and maybe they won't. But at least I'm comforted by the fact that with every void that is created in our lives, it will be filled appropriately in the future as long as we are true to ourselves and that we accept whatever is our higher destiny. It might be a challenge. It might be uncomfortable. It doesn't matter. We're not here to kick back and groove. We're here to become aware. And in order to be aware, it means we're going to have to feel a lot of stuff. We're going to have to think a lot Boy, of stuff. Boy, isn't that but, true? Yeah. Yeah, but at least then we're we're fulfilling our purpose for being alive. And we don't have to die wondering what it was all about. Boy, and I think the coming energy and changes, we're definitely going to be getting that message. What is it all about? A lot of people have that question. And, and, and I think at different times in our life we have that question. I think it's going to become very a lot clearer, much more clear. That is for sure. I agree. Well, it's good to be back in touch. We'll do more in 2024. Ooh, that rhymes, Robert. <laughs> that sounds good. Well, maybe I'll come yeah. back and talk to you all about that big eclipse that's coming up in April. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, absolutely. So, we got some. You know, that'll be that be plant. a good topic, I think. So yeah, good. that would be good. Okay, sounds good. Uh, AquariusPapers.com, best way to get in touch with you. And, of course, all the book links are there. People can go to Amazon because you have, a, you have, I don't know, three or four, four, four books now or five. Yeah, I've got writer. four books in print, one out of print, and one almost done in production. It's all about the cycles of life and the different oh, stages like and that. chapters of life and, and how each year is unique and special unto itself within larger seven- and 28-year periods. It's, uh, oh, no, but it, yeah, it's good. never been done before because this is the product of 50 years of my own work. So it's another one coming. Yeah. Okay, I love that. I love it. All right, um, 
until next time. Thanks for being here, and uh, I look forward to next time. All right, big hug. Bye. Bye. All right, Soul Lights, that was Robert Wilkinson, author, spiritual astrologer, metaphysician. You can go uh, get more info by going to AquariusPapers.com. Links to that are in his... uh, and also his books are in the episode description box. Always great to connect with every one of you. Um, thank you for all for being here as we close out this year. I think next week is our the last. Oh no, we've got two more, two more, two more podcasts till 2024. So I'm looking forward to that shift. Uh, ways to connect with me, of course, are in the description box. Also, Instagram, uh, YouTube, and Patreon if you want to do a deeper dive. All right, lots of love and light. Continue to shine your light and share your insights. I'm getting woke and staying woke. Awakenings broadcast every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Archive shows available on iTunes. For continued awakened conversations and insights, join the Awakenings Group on Facebook. And check out Michelle's blog at soulplayground.com. And keep awake.